0: If you would turn, please, in the Scripture to Mark 11 this morning. In Mark 11, we've been on this for some weeks now, and uh, we're calling it Faith to Receive. And since the Scripture tells us that the just live by faith and walk by faith, it's extremely important to every part of our life. And it's sad that so many millions of Christians don't believe these things that we've been talking about. They think we're strange and presumptuous and uh, that we take too much upon ourselves. And the problem is sadly that they just don't know God well enough. Because he's the one who set it up this way. That we are to be bold, to come before him. And to lay hold and receive. Yes, now, of course, you can't lay hold and receive anything that hasn't already been given to you. Right. It's got to be available or you couldn't get it. When, when they ring the bell and say, come and get it. Yeah. You can show up to the table, but if there's nothing on the table, you, you came, but you can't get. Yeah. Got to be something there before you can appropriate. And lay hold of it. And uh, that's what the scripture said in John. A man can take nothing to himself. Except it be given to him. From heaven. So it's not a matter of us trying to change God. He can't be changed. He does not change. And it's not a matter of us trying to rend out of the hand of God. Something that he hadn't decided whether he's going to let us have or not. No. Something he's already bought and paid for in Jesus. And given it to us. But then just because he's given it to you doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it. And uh, that is quite evident when God's first covenant people that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage and he told them, behold, this land, that land of Canaan, land that flowed with milk and honey. I have given it to you. Didn't say I'm going to. I have given it to you. Then he said, now go up and possess it. And how many know that first generation did not enjoy it? Could you say they didn't enjoy it because God hadn't given it to them yet? He had already given it to them. They lacked the faith to possess it. And so just because God has given us something doesn't mean it just falls on you or that it just happens automatically. The enemy will resist you. Just like those giants were in that land, and there were the big walls, and there were the iron chariots, they had to believe God through that to possess their land. And we'll have to believe God through That's why the Bible said, fight the good fight of faith. Well, what's the fight about? Well, their stuff will try to hold you back, try to interfere with you, try to hinder you. But if you won't quit, he always causes us to triumph. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus had spoken a word to a fig tree, and it obeyed what he said. It didn't happen instantaneously that they could see. Now, something happened immediately under the ground where you couldn't see, but when Jesus spoke to it from all appearances, they couldn't tell that anything had changed. They left the tree, but when they came back by the tree some hours later, they remarked and said, look, that tree's withered up. How quickly it happened, and he took that as an opportunity to teach them about faith. Now, if it was just something he could do as the Son of God, there should not have been a a lesson, object lesson for them. He should have just said, well, now I can do that because I'm Jesus. But don't try this at home. This is not not for you. But instead of saying that, he uses it as an opportunity to say, in fact, in Matthew 21, if you read Matthew's account, he said, if you had faith and doubt not, and everybody say that phrase, and doubt not. not. He said, if you had faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree. Did you hear that phrase? You shall not only do what is done to the fig tree. Is he telling them they could have done that? Obviously, and then he went on to say, you shall not only do that, but if you speak to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea. And here in Mark, it says, and don't doubt in your heart. Say that again. Don't doubt doubt in your heart. What you say would come to pass. You would have what you said. And so he's telling them they can operate like he did. Are we to follow Jesus' example of living by faith? And walking by faith, he walked in boldness. Amen. He walked in confidence. Not in ambiguity. Not in indecision. And that's what I want us to look at today. Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Is that phrase important? Yes. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you, he said, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe what? That you receive them and you shall have them. Now, this is not hard to understand. He's not trying to confuse us with this. And yet millions don't operate like this. They'll pray for what they desire, but they do not believe they receive it. So then what are they believing? Well, I just believe that God in his own good way. And on good time, if it's his will. The Lord didn't say believe all that. What did he say, believe? Receive. Well, I just believe if it's God's will, then so and so. But but if not, well, is that the same as believing you receive? No. No, but how many understand? We, us, and people like us that believe this, we're in the minority believing this. Most Christians in this state and in this country and in this world, people who are going to church this morning all over the place, their preacher is not telling them, believe you receive, believe you take it now. They may be warning them not to come to meetings like ours. (laughs) Because we're off. Those people are off. And you should always pray, if it be thy will. And submit to the will of God because it's up to God. And that sounds good, but it's wrong. You can't leave up to God What he's left to you. And if it was true concerning this, it'd have to be true concerning all things, and you should believe the same way about the new birth. You should teach people that come and say, I want to give my life to the Lord, you should say, Well, now, you just need to pray if it's God's will. And leave it to him. No, see, they're inconsistent because they'll tell you, no, it is God's will for you to be saved and be born again. Don't question that. (laughs) Well, then why does faith work differently in any other area? It does not. It has to work the same, which means you have to know the will of God and be sure about the will of God and stop wishing and wondering and wavering and asking questions about it. Or that's why you can't even get into faith. Are y'all with me on this now? Yes. Which puts us back to verse 23. Look at it again. He said, if you would say to the mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and what else? And not doubt in his heart. Now, this same word doubt is translated in other places waver. In Romans, the same words translated stagger. And it has to do with vacillation and alternating between two and more things. It literally means to stand in two ways. Can you get the picture? And one of the best pictures is when uh, Jesus walked on the water. And uh, they saw him and Peter said, to fetch you bid me come, and he said, come. And as he was coming... He was looking at Jesus, and while he was looking at Jesus and thinking about that word that Jesus said, he was walking on the water doing the impossible. But what happened, he stopped looking at Jesus and started trying to look at two things. He noticed the wind and the waves, and now instead of just looking at Jesus and walking on the water, he's doing this. He's looking down, he's feeling the waves, and he's looking at Jesus. And what happened when he began to go back and forth between two things? He began to sink, his faith quit working. Oh, guys, do you see that? And actually, we've talked about this before in other teachings, the word doubt, when he says, if you'd say it and not doubt in your heart, D-O-U-B-T, Have you ever noticed how similar that is to the word double? D-O-U-B-T. D-O-U-B-L-E. That's because they're from the same roots. And that's what it means to stand in two duo ways. What's this got to do? Because he's warning us in Mark 11, 23. Stand up. Speak to that thing. Command it to get out of your way. And what else? And don't doubt in your heart. Oh, do y'all see this now? Why would he tell us this? Because that will undermine what you're trying to do. It can't be both. I said it can't be both. It can't be God's will for you to be healed and God's will for you to die with the problem. Both of those can't be the will of God. It can't be the will of God for you to prosper and have all your needs met and the will of God for you to lose what you've got and go down financially. Both of those cannot be the will of God. It can't be the will of God for you and your spouse to fuss and fight and split and live in torment and separate and divorce And the will of God for y'all to be strong and have harmony and peace. And have a good home and marriage and family. Both of those can't be the will of God. Are y'all with me? So you need to pick one. And stay with it. And don't change. (laughs) Go to James, please. James, please, the second chapter. How many know Jesus would not have brought that up in the middle of this if it hadn't have been a real issue? He's just trying to encourage us to have faith, to stand up and act on it and operate. But in the middle of it, he said, you know, put Matthew's account and you're going to James 2, Matthew's account and uh, Mark's account together, Matthew 21 and Mark 11, put them both together. He's saying, you remarked about the fig tree. Look, boys, if you'd have faith and won't doubt, won't duo, you can do what I just did. Not only that, but you see that big mountain over there? If you would speak to that thing and command it to be removed, ripped up, thrown into the sea. And what does he say again? But don't doubt in your heart. All those words are significant, aren't they? Every word. Don't what? Duo. What does it mean? To stand in two ways. How many know you can't go two directions at the same time? You got to pick one. (laughs) But the enemy is the master of distraction. And he's practiced on trying to get humans to doubt for century after century. He's good at it. He's tricky. He's subtle. How many understand with Peter? He is in the glory. He, his feet are walking on top of the water. On what? On what? What is the boy walking on? The power and the word of God. He's looking at Jesus. He's having the experience of a lifetime. And the devil can't stand it. Can't stand it. So what's he doing? He goes, hey, hey. Are you crazy? You can't do that when the wind's blowing like this. Well, that's not even logical. You can't do it when it's perfectly calm. What do you mean? You can't do this when these waves are splashing like this. Hey, hey, what about the symptoms? What about the pain? What about the economy? What about the... Build? Friend, if you get a revelation, you will hear the desperation in the devil's voice. Yes. Oh, come on now. Can you hear that? You'll hear. Why? Because you are stepping out of the boat. You are stepping on the water. You are receiving these impossible. And if he can't distract you, there's nothing he can do to keep it from happening. So he's jumping up and down going, hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. The company's having hard times. You can't pay your house off this year. No, 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 no. The economy. No, 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 no. No, no, no! You've been diagnosed with this, this, this. Nobody gets healed from this, this. You can't be healed. No, no, no! Look at the symptoms. Look at the report. No, see him, see him, see him. <laughs> and if you're dumb, you'll go. What? <laughs> oh yeah, that's bad. And he goes, yeah, it's bad. Look at this. Yeah, but Jesus. Yeah, but look over here. No, 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 no. He, this bad. Yeah, it is bad. Man, it feels bad too. Yeah, but Jesus, Jesus said, Yeah, but no, look over here. How many know what I'm talking about? This is going on spiritually all the time. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Which is why Jesus said, Say it, be bold. But right in the middle, what did he say? Don't duo. Don't duo. Be of two minds. Double-minded and double-hearted in your heart. Don't do it. Don't do it. James 2, are you there? James, talking about faith. Well, actually, before we read that, just uh, back up to James 1. This all flows together, goes together. James 1. And verse 5, if any of you, so who will this work for? Anybody that lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, wisdom includes more than people think. Wisdom includes uh, understanding and direction for the future. Wisdom, the wisdom of God, encompasses the whole plan of God. So when you don't know what to do, and you don't know which way to go, what decision to make, what should you do? Then you lack wisdom. You don't know what to do. You don't know which way to go. And if any man lacks it, what should you do? Ask of God. God, And if it's His will, that's what millions of folk believe. If it pleases Him, In his own good time, his own good way, if he decides, no, no, well, you just never know what God's going to do. He's not a liar. If he said he would do this, this is what he will do. Let him ask of God, what's he going to do? God gives to all liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. You can't say it any more definite than that. No mites, no maybes, no what ifs and buts and will sees and you never knows and none of that stuff's in there. Right. Right. Now you've heard me talk about this before. But I'm believing God that the gravity of it comes much stronger this morning. Amen. When people say, Well, you just never know, and well, he he might, but he might not. This is killer doctrine. Yes. Yes. Believing this stuff will kill you. And destroy you. And it is much more accepted worldwide in Christian circles than what you and I are talking about right now. People don't blink an eye. Believers are talking. Well, y'all just pray now. Because, man, we've been standing and praying and believing. And and uh, we sure, well, we're hoping that the Lord will do something on this. But but if he don't, you know, it's just the will of the Lord. Be done, and people won't blink an eye. They'll go, "Yeah, amen. Yeah, we we praying with you." About what? We're all praying, but who's believing? And believing what? Well, the Lord might do it, but then again, He might not. Friend, how many understand what I'm saying today? Not what I'm saying. Quoting Jesus, that is killer doctrine yes. Yes, sir. Right. now right here in this passage the very next verse read it what does it say you don't know what to do how many understand people read that word wisdom and they don't get everything it's talking about here they think yeah you know i'd like to be wise i'd be nice no you require the wisdom of god to know what to do right. day to day right. Come on. how many want to know his plan I mean, you don't want to go south if you're supposed to be going north. Right? You don't want to get in business with these folks if you're supposed to be getting out. You don't want to be selling if you're supposed to be buying. Right? vice versa. You need to know the plan of God. How can you get it? You don't know. What should you do? Ask. Ask of God. Now, a lot of folk would agree with that, but they think just ask and beg and leave it up to him and he'll do whatever he decides is best for you. It's not what the Bible says. I know it's widely believed, but it's not what the Bible says. Ask, and it shall be given you. God gives liberally to all men that ask for wisdom. And doesn't upbraid you. Read the next verse, though. Read the next verse. Read the next verse. But what? But a qualifier. But. Don't just ask, but what? Ask in faith. Now, here's the next words. What? What? Nothing. Wavering. This is the exact same word translated waver here that's translated doubt in Mark eleven twenty-three, 23. When Jesus said, speak to the mountain, but don't doubt, same word translated waver. Right here. So here we see the word confirming itself. Ask for you wisdom, but don't just ask. Ask in faith what? nothing wavering, or you could say, nothing doubting. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. He's painting a picture for us. What happens when the waves are strong and high on the sea? What happens to you? Let's say you're on a little little bitty boat out there. In the waves, what happens? You go up. And you go down, and so you're high, and and then you're low, and you're up, and you're down, you're up, and you're down, you're this way, you're that way, you're always moving, you are unstable. Somebody say unstable. Unstable. Read the next verse. Next verse. What does it say? For let not that man think he shall what receive Receive anything, not just wisdom. Now he's broadening it. Now, Eddie, you won't get your wisdom. Yeah, but I prayed. I prayed and I asked. We must have asked three hundred times. Please, God, give us wisdom. Please, God, give us wisdom. Well, you never got it. Well, I guess it just wasn't the Lord's will to give it to us. We must have asked. And we turned in prayer requests. I do how many people prayed now. We all asked. Yeah, but you gotta ask in faith. faith. What? Nothing. Wait, now give me an example of a person who asked for wisdom, who wavered. Tell me how they would have talked. They get down, and they pray and they say, oh God, give me wisdom. Now show me how would they waver afterwards. Hmm? You, I see you the next day after you prayed and asked for your wisdom. How's it going? Well... Y'all, y'all pray, 'cause man, I need wisdom. I thought you prayed and asked for it yesterday well I, yeah i did but 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 y'all ask quank i I don't have it yet when you gonna get it? I don't know we'll uh we we're, we're hoping, so is he giving it to you or not well. We sure hope so. We, y'all pray. How I many know what I'm talking about here, you're, are you definite about anything? No, there's no definiteness there. So is there faith there? Is the wisdom going to be manifest to you or not? Has he heard you or not? You see, you, you can't be back and forth. Faith declares what God's going to do. Say it out loud. Faith, Faith. declares Faith. What, God's what God's going to do. Yeah, it declares what God has done. But it also, based on that, declares what God is going to do. That's a quality and a characteristic of God. Isaiah 46.10 says, He declares the end from the beginning. Right? And you're his sons and daughters created in his image. And he's taught us to be followers or imitators of God as dear children. And so we must learn to do the same. Declaring the end from the beginning. I'm thinking of Jairus right now. He came and he found Jesus. Didn't he? And did you know he told Jesus what would happen? Didn't he? He said, Lord, would you come? Would you come? Because if you'll just come and lay your hand on her, she'll live. The woman with the issue of blood. Right? They both used an if, but the if had to do with them. Not him. If I can touch his clothes. Don't you hear this now? But having touched his clothes, what did she say? I shall be, not might be, not if it's God's will, not we'll see. I shall be whole. Faith declares what God's going to do. So if I asked for wisdom and I did it in faith, how would I talk? You wouldn't go around begging everybody to pray for you that you'd get wisdom because you believe God's already heard your prayer and the wisdom's on the way. You may not see it yet, know it yet, but if it's coming or if it's manifesting is not a legitimate question. If is the badge of doubt. Let's look at a couple instances. Go with me to uh, 1 Samuel. 17th chapter, 1 Samuel 17, after that we're going to Daniel 3, if you want to find these places. The Lord's helping us today, guys. How many understand it's popular in church circles and religious circles to talk with ambiguity, and it is presented as though one is more humble to do it that way. Are y'all with me or not? Yes. If you'll say, you know, what, what's what's going to happen with y'all over there? Well, we're just doing the best we can. And, uh, you know, if the Lord sees fit, and if it's His will, then uh, we're going to go ahead and try to build us a little place and do some things for the Lord. But, you know, if it's not His will... Then we're just okay with that too. Just whatever he wants. And their own thinking, they're thinking, I'm so humble. I am so humble. And don't realize they're just so ignorant and unbelieving. And if you study the scripture, the thing that annoyed the Lord and made him angry was unbelief unbelief angered him I mean more than one time he spoke sternly to his own disciples and said where's your faith why did you doubt do we know him or do we have a religious version of Jesus who wants everybody to be mealy mouthed and weak mouthed and, and just sit over in the corner and sing softly kumbaya oh. If you want to. If if you want to. Of course, if you don't if you don't, we're okay with that. Not our will. But yours be done. Friend, that is ugly. I know people think it's so sweet and nice, but it is actually an ugly form of spiritual pride. They are proud of how humble they think they are. And it is unscriptural. It is unbiblical. And you do not see people getting healed in Jesus' ministry, sitting by the side, waiting to be noticed. No, sir. You see people who got up. And boldly pushed through the crowd and said, when I touch, I'll get it. Yeah. Faith. Yes. People who tore off housetops yeah. and dropped down folks in front of him. Yeah. And he said, get up and walk. And they didn't say, well, if you want to, but if you don't. No, it's time to move. It's time to quit asking questions and stop saying If. If is the badge of doubt. Well, what if it's not the Lord's will? Well, then you better get in the book. Quit praying and get in the book. And find out the will of God. How many remember Ephesians says, don't be unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. We have a responsibility to find out the will of the Lord. Faith has always been this way. That's why you're in First Samuel right now. We're going to look at some other places. Faith has always been this way from Genesis to Revelation. And it will always be this way before you can operate and step out in faith. you got to know and be sure what the will of the Lord is. And when you get in this condition, you begin declaring what God's going to do. No wavering, no wondering, no ambiguity. David, teenager, youth, ruddy, the Bible said, good looking boy, shepherd, probably smelled a little funny, (laughs) like to play his guitar, (laughs) you know. I know it's kind of hard for us to think of it now, but especially at this time, you would not think of him as a warrior. He's a good looking guy. He might make a good model. He's a musician, You no matter what I'm talking about. And yet, he's getting to know God. And he's had a few scraps out in the uh, wild with predators trying to get his sheep. And where other folk could just run, you know, when a bear comes on the scene <laughs> or a lion, where other people, especially, you know, he's a young, he's a young guy. He even younger at these times. I don't know what would it have been, early teens, maybe mid teens. And instead of running, something came up in him, and he just knew God would help him. I said he just knew God would help him, yes. and he boldly. Went towards the bear. Now friend that takes something. To charge a bear. And a lion. Went hand to hand. And delivered his sheep. And now they're standing out there on the battlefield. And all his brothers and everybody else. Is just completely intimidated. By this guy named Goliath. Who is. Something like we've never seen. We've never seen a man like this. This man is nine foot plus tall. And he's not a model. <laughs> and he's not a musician. <laughs> his, stu- his, his armor is so heavy that ordinary man couldn't carry it. He must weigh you know, six, seven hundred pounds. He's a monster. It'd be hard for us to imagine it now. You know, I mean, you, you ever seen a guy who's seven feet? And a big guy? Well, now, that ain't him in Goliath's category. Goliath makes him look like a little guy. This guy is a monster. And he was born to kill. And it's all he's thought about all his life. And he is good at it. He has killed a lot of people. It's what he lives for. And you know, there were some warriors in Israel in those days. But none of them are volunteering for this job. (laughs) Right? Right? And he's marching back and forth, yelling obscenities, blaspheming God, calling God names. And the people calling them cowards and chickens and talking about their mamas. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So the whole bunch of is yellow. Ain't a man in the bunch. Ain't a man in the bunch. And no matter how bad he talks, nobody gets out. (laughs) And David is there. He's not the biggest. He's not a warrior. He's a musician and a shepherd. But something comes up in him. Come on now. Something comes up in him. And he said, I'll go. They said, what? He said, I said, I'll go. I'll go. 1 Samuel 17. And when they faced off out there, verse 45, are you there? 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17 and 45. Well, 44, the Philistine said to David, come here. Come here. Come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Then said David, somebody say, this. David said. said. What David say? Come on, tell me what David said. You are a big old boy. (laughs) And uh, I may be crazy, but if the Lord wills, (laughs) I'm going to try. And y'all pray. Dear Lord, (laughs) y'all got to pray. Have you seen this guy? I mean, and I'm gonna go and just and do the best I can. And if it's God's will, He could do something here. And if not, y'all sing "Blessed Assurance" <laughs> at the funeral and make sure Mama Nim's taken care of. And uh, Jim Bob can have my <laughs> slingshot. <laughs> and y'all bury me under the, the apple tree over there. I, I always like that spot. No. 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 Now, y'all are saying no. But how many understand now? Millions of Christians and preachers tell us that's how we should always pray and think and be. If it be thy will. You say, well, no, preacher, Jesus prayed that. He certainly did, but he also prayed other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Were well, you supposed to pray that way, or whether it's healing, or whatever? When Jesus prayed that, he was not having a healing meeting? No. no. There's more than one kind of prayer. Yeah. And the prayer of faith necessitates that you already know the will of God. If you're questioning the will of God, you're not ready to pray the prayer of faith. You can't pray the prayer of faith. How many know if David was unsure as to whether he should go fight this guy, he should not be there? Hmm? If he didn't know whether it's God's will or not for him to be there, he'd best be getting back home to the sheep. But what did he say? Come on. Tell me what he said. It's written right there. We got it recorded. What did he say? You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. He didn't even say they were big. You'll notice one thing he didn't talk about? How big he was. And how bad he was. And how bad his stuff was. Why? You can't do that and stay in faith. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled, Lord, you think you big, but you don't come up against somebody bigger than you, brother. <laughs> bigger! And you even have any idea. Keep reading now. Keep reading. Keep reading. Come on. Verse 46. What's this day mean? Today! Today! the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will smite you and I'm going to take your head off of you and I'm going to give the carcasses of the hosts of all your buddies to the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth is going to know that there is a God in Israel. A little good looking boy. Musician with a slingshot. How many understand there is no wavering about the will of God in any of this? Is he declaring what's going to happen? He's declaring what God is going to enable him to do and what God's going to no ifs, no maybes, no will sees. He said, I am going to take your head off of you today. I'm sure everybody watching thought, ain't no way. Ain't no way that little boy is going to do that. But he did. Amen. I said he did. Amen. And this is held up for us through all generations as an example of faith. Faith. When you are operating in faith and you speak faith, you declare the end before it happens you declare what God's going to do no ifs go to Daniel 3 let's look at something that I've heard in my opinion preached wrong so many times in fact it's kind of a personal annoyance to me (laughs) And it's important and significant. And I can understand why people have said what they've said about it, how it could be misunderstood. I I can see that. And I'm not trying to find fault. But if what we've said up to this time is true, then you'll see as we get into this how it has to be consistent. The word is true throughout the Bible. And all the word of God has to be consistent with other parts. Daniel 3. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, three Hebrew boys that got in trouble with Nebuchadnezzar the great king of really the known world at that time. And uh, he built This great big statue of himself. What else? (laughs) And invited everybody to come. And gave a command. And his word is life and death throughout the kingdom. And he said, everybody bows when the music's played. If anybody decides not to bow. You're going to die. Well, the music played. Everybody remember the story? This is not a fairy tale. This happened. There was a day when this was going on. And uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked at each other and said, We can't do that. It is written. You shall have no other gods before me. We don't bow before. We don't pray before any other gods. We can't. So they stood up. Of course, when everybody else bows down and you stand up, (laughs) <laughs> you really stand out right don't you know they were tempted and pushed to bow it would have been so much easier to just but they stood right up and of course man the wrath of the king is stirred and his guys get him and bring them over there in front of him and, and the thing is he, they've done good in his kingdom and he doesn't want to burn them up. He kind of likes them. But this can't be tolerated. And so, normally it wouldn't have been this way. Normally they'd probably been dead right on the spot. But he brings them in front of him and he says, "Did you misunderstand? <laughs> you must have misunderstood. So we're going to give you another opportunity." Let me go through it real slow for you. When the music plays, everybody, emphasis on everybody, bows. Are you there, Daniel 3? I know you've heard this preached on before. Daniel 3. What about verse... uh, 15, 14 I guess, 13 would be good. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said to them, Is it true? O oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you, do not you serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Was it a mistake? Is it true? Now if you be ready, And it's very important that you notice the construction of this and how it flows. He's asking them a question and making a statement. If you be ready at that time where you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made, well, fine. But if you worship not, now there's two statements being made. If you fall down and worship and if you don't. Are you all with me now? If you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fire furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. We don't have to think about this. We've got our answer right here, right now. It takes a lot of courage to say this in their position. If it be... Now here's, the, here's where people get all mixed up on it. If what be. Actually the word so is in italics. It's added by the translators. So literally said if it be. If what be. You got to go back to what he said. If it be. That he throw us into the fiery furnace. That's what it is. If it is so. That you're going to throw us into the fiery furnace. Read what they said. Verse verse 17. So significant. Our God. Whom we serve. Is able to deliver us. From the burning fiery furnace. Oh now get this. Get this. What? And he will. Deliver us. Out of your hand. O king. Now read the next verse. But if not, now a lot of folk have taken that and said, well, you know, they're saying, if he does, you know, if you throw us in, but if he doesn't deliver us, absolutely not. It cannot be that they're saying if he doesn't deliver us. Cannot be. Some translations even put it that way. If God doesn't deliver us and it's not in the text. And I've heard preachers preach whole sermons on, on their consecration and dedication. They're saying, yeah, you know, if God doesn't deliver us, that is incorrect. Stay with the text. If it be so, if what be so? If you throw us in. But if not, if not what? If you don't throw us in. Are y'all with me now? How many understand, if he throws them in the fire, they ain't going to worship his God. Anybody else's God. That's no need to say anything about it. But if not, be it known to you, O King, we will not serve your gods, that worship the golden image which you have set up. If you don't throw us in, we're still not going to do it. Oh, can you see this, guys? can you see this I've heard people say that every time it does it just irks me I'm thinking no you can't stand up and say that Look, look at that 17th verse again look at that 17th verse if it be so if what be so if you throw us in the fiery furnace our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Why? See, you've got to remember what the king just said. He said, who is that God that can deliver you out of my hand? If you fall down, I'm not going to throw you in. If you don't, I'm going to throw you in. And who can deliver you out of that? And they said, if it be so. In other words, if you throw us in, right. our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire and furnace. And oh get this. Get read it. Yes. And what? Yes. And He will deliver us out of your hand, O oh yes. King. And preachers will say the next verse they go, eh, but if He don't. Oh, no. No. There was no but if He Don't. But if you don't throw us in. We're not going to worship it. That's right. Are y'all with me now? Yes. Don't take my word for it. Get it in the scripture. Study the languages. Look up the words. But it just bothers me that such a wonderful faith story that God recorded here and thought so much of it that he put it again in Hebrews 11. They quenched the violence of fire with their faith. And God holds up for us for all generations. I mean, we teach it to our kids, right? And yet, for people to ruin the whole thing by saying, well, if God don't deliver us, then... No, no, no. They said it. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us, and He will deliver us. Period. And if you don't throw us in, we're not going to worship you, dumb idol anyhow. No. We're not. If you do throw us in, God's able to deliver us and He will deliver us. Oh, friend, get let that statement get etched, burned in your spirit. He will deliver us. Say it again. He will deliver us. Say it again. He will deliver Yeah, but what about you just never know and, and what if? It, you can't contemplate any of that. And be in faith. Right. How's a person going to get born again in the altar? Questioning the will of God for salvation. Right. Lord, is it your will to save me? Or not? What do you want? Can they ever pray the prayer of faith till they get it settled that God loves them and he paid the price for them? And he wants them to be born again? Amen. They can't. Faith declares... The end from the beginning. Faith declares what God's going to do. Faith is convinced and fully persuaded like Abraham of the will of God. Go with me, I think in closing, to the place we talked about a few minutes ago, Mark 5. You see that in Daniel we're just talking about? I hope you do. I just cringe every time I hear somebody preach that wrong. It's such a beautiful faith story. Right? And if you do all that other stuff, you just you take it away. You mess it up. You demonstrate that they're doubting and wavering at the last moment. How many know when you feel the heat from the furnace, it ain't time to be asking questions about the will of God? You need to know. Right? And they did it. That's the beauty of it. They stood up in front of all these hundreds of thousands of dignitaries and people. They stood up in front of Nebuchadnezzar. They stood up in front of the fiery furnace looking death in the eye. And proclaimed, decreed. And said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. And He will deliver us. And He did. And He did. And He did. did. There never was an if he don't deliver us. That never came out of their mouth. It's a perversion of scripture. It's people twisting stuff around. Reason they read it that way is because that's how they act. Reason they preach it that way is because that's how they live. Can you see some consistency here? The woman with the issue of blood declared what's going to happen when I touch. David declared what's going to happen. Didn't he? No ifs, ands, buts, waverings about it. He said, I'm taking your head off today. Boy, you're going down. you going down. <laughs> Not just you, but all your buddies too. You and all your buddies. And it happened that day. It happened that day. How many understand you must be bold to declare the word of God? You must be bold to declare the will of God. This story we referred to, Mark chapter 5. Anybody in here like faith besides me? Man, does it do something for you? Man, it thrills me. It just thrills me. And my desire is for people to get free. Because millions are living in darkness and bondage, trying to play little church games and trying to act like I'm humble and and just being defeated, just being destroyed every other week, being robbed by the enemy when God never intended that you be a little weak nothing. He created you to be strong and to find out His will and to know it and to stand up and speak His Word without blinking an eye. Right? And expect it to come to pass. And allow him to manifest. Move in your life. Because that brings him glory, doesn't it? When he's able to move and you get your needs met and things get done, that gives him glory. That makes other people want him. I mean, hundreds of years of us talking about, you know, our weakness and, and excuse and everything. And if it does, maybe it will, maybe it won't. We just never know. That's not drawing the folks in. Hmm? People hear you talking about, maybe he will, maybe he won't. We just never know. Does that want to make all your unsaved co-workers come to church? Tell me about that, maybe he will, maybe he won't again. You're exciting me. I think I'm going to bring all my family to church. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Oh, that's exciting. It's not drawing in the multitudes. it's not true. I said it's not true. Truth makes people free. Amen. Lies confuse people. Mark 5. Are you there? Mark 5. This is where the woman. You know pressed through the crowd. Said if I can touch I'll be whole. Shall be. I shall be whole. Verse 28. She said it. Declared it. I shall be whole. And down in verse uh, Back up, the rather in verse twenty-two, Mark five twenty-two. There comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he besought him greatly, and he said, "My little daughter is lying at the point of death." Uh, I pray these added by the translators, "Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed." And what? Healed. And what? She shall live. But what if it's not the will of God? Isn't it good some of these theologians hadn't gotten to him first. And told him how to pray. What did he say? She shall live. And how many understand? That was the faith that arrested Jesus' attention. Wasn't it? He wasn't just groveling around and maybe this and maybe that. He said, she's lying. She's at death's door right now. But if you'd just come, if you'd come and put your hand on her, she could be healed. And if you'll do that, she shall live. Jesus said, lead the way. Take off. He followed him. Isn't that right? Followed him to his house. How many understand? Faith, that kind of faith, gets God's attention. Brother Smith Wigglesworth used to say, that. they quote, that he said something about faith. Caused God to pass over a million people just to get to you. Faith pleases God. Look on down. The woman with the issue of blood did a similar thing. She said, if I touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And she touched and was. And while she's giving her testimony, verse 35, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Your daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, what? Read it out loud. What did he tell him? Be not afraid. Only believe. believe. Now only is from the word one. Right? O-N-L-Y-O-N-E. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. And when did he say Notice how Jesus said it and when he said it. Read it again. As soon as Jesus heard that. He turned and said to Jairus, why would he do it that way? If you'd have faith and doubt not and do owe not. If it didn't matter, Jesus wouldn't have said anything to him. Right. The man's got enough things. I mean, his, his emotions are all over the place. They just told him his little girl that he loves more than life itself. is laying there cold and dead. Jesus would not have told him this unless it is essential. It has to be this way. And can you see what's going on? We talked about it before. These people from his house, they show up. And they're saying, it's too late, too late. She passed away, oh, about an hour ago. And uh, we checked her real good. And, and he knows they wouldn't stand there and tell him that yeah. if they didn't believe it was true. Right. And what happened? Come on, tell me what happened next. As soon, as soon as those words came out of uh, of their mouth, Jesus turns and looks at him. Right? And he's got his attention right here. He said, Jairus, right here, buddy, right here. 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 Don't be afraid. What's the next word? Only. 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 See, we've sung that. Only believe, only believe. All things are possible. But how many people have not understood what he's talking about? What does that mean, only believe? Like, just believe. No, believe rather than anything else. Only. Only. Why would he tell him that? Because fear is gripping him. Right? It's coming on him. What am I going to do without my little girl? It's coming on him. It's gripping him. Can you see what's happening? The enemy's doing this, isn't he? He's going, ah, ah, she's dead, she's dead. Here, forget him, forget Jesus. That's all too late for that. Here, she's dead, she's dead. Forget it. Look at me, look at me. Don't look at that, look at me. And he's being tempted. He's being sorely tempted. He he And and he's starting to look at what did Jesus do? As soon as the words came out of their mouth, he goes, Jairus, hey, hey, boy, hey, buddy. Come on now, now, we got this far. What's he saying? When he says, I only believe, what's he saying? What did you tell me when you first saw me? What did you tell me? You told me that if I'd come lay my hands on her, and I'm going with you right now to do just that. You told me. She shall live. You told me. Amen. Don't leave me now. Don't quit me. Don't quit me. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. Don't do Don't do all that stuff. Only believe. Now friend, did he require that of him in order to keep going? Yes. Was it necessary? If it wasn't. Why wouldn't he have just put his arm around Jabba and said, oh, buddy, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this. Just, I know you feel bad. Cry. Get it out of your system. But I'm going to take care of this. I'm the son of God. And I, I got this. People would like to portray that, but it simply is not true. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. That's what Jesus said. He operated as a man. Therefore, he operated by faith. And other people who came to him for help, if he couldn't keep them in faith with him, he couldn't help them. In his own hometown, he couldn't do a lot of mighty works because of all their unbelief. The scripture says, Mark 6, 5 and 6. So what if Jairus had started crying and broke down and said, well, I'm I'm sorry I bothered you. I I don't don't know what I'm going to do. And just broke down. Could Jesus have kept going with him? Could he have gone on to his house and raised her up anyway? A lot of folk would like to say yes. The answer is no. Why would he have done what he did? Why would he stop and go, Jairus, don't do it. No. Don't be afraid. Don't. Don't. Do not do that. Stay with me. Only. Somebody say only. 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 only believe. Stay with what you told me when you first saw me. Stay with it. Don't. Don't quit it now. Don't leave it now. How many can see it's hanging in the balance right here? Whether his little girl is dead and that's it, or whether she's raised from the dead and and lives her life out, is hanging right here. Right here. In the balance. Notice what Jairus said nothing. (laughs) Which is what you say. When your emotions are bouncing all over the scale and, huh? What, well, what did he do? I believe he just looked at Jesus and went, smart man. I said, smart man. He didn't try to explain it to Jesus. He didn't try to talk him out of it. He just went right with him. Oh, glory to God. And Jesus went on in there with Peter, James, and John. The whole bunch is crying and in tumult and weeping and wailing greatly. He walked in he said, why are you all carrying on like this? Faith preachers are different. (laughs) Why? She's not dead. She's just asleep. And there's all this whispering and laughing. I told you, he's crazy. That bunch, that church they're with over there, they are... They laughed him to scorn. They're a pretty fickle bunch to go from full bore crying to laughing out loud in a half second. But when he put them all out, that's what you do with unbelief, you put them all out. And he took mama and daddy and Peter, James, and John, and he went in there. Come on now, put yourself there. How many know Jairus walked in there and he, saw, he sees her? She's discolored. She's stiff. You can tell she's not there. Would he have been tempted to break down? Would he have been tempted? But something's holding him. Something's holding him together. Something's holding his emotions together. Come on. Something's holding. What was it? It was when those piercing eyes looked at him and said, Jairus, don't be afraid, but Don't leave me. Only believe. You Stay with me. Only believe. Boy, that's ringing in his heart. It's ringing in his ears. It's ringing in his mind. And so he's standing there keeping his mouth shut. Jesus said, glory to God. He took the little girl by the hand. He said damsel. Little girl. I say to you. Get up. If it's the will of God. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. Get up. I say unto you. Get up. Tell me what happened. Come on. Tell me what happened. And straightway, immediately, she arose and walked. How many believe this happened? Literally. Just This is not a fairy tale. This happened. She was really dead. And she got up raised from the dead and starts walking around the room. What do you think mom and daddy did? Straightway, she got up and walked. She was of the age of 12 years. They were astonished with a great astonishment. What well, you think about that laughing mocking bunch outside the house there? Yeah. Do you know if it's up to most multitudes, no miracles will happen? If you leave it to the majority of most folks and most crowds, unbelief prevails. But boy, if you can get a bunch of folk believing God together... He said, you need to give her something to eat. (laughs) And mama said, I'll feed her anything she wants. And they got in the kitchen and they got their little girl back. And they have the impossible, seemingly, has happened. The laws of nature have been suspended and overridden. Oh, glory to God. Why? Because he wouldn't doubt. He did not yield to duo and double-mindedness. He stayed on it. If you put your hand on her, she shall live. And they saw it through. And he did. And she was. And I guess they had a whole life together. Instead of grieving for years that he lost their little girl, somebody say glory to God. You know, we, we already have cases like that in Faith Life Church. We've already got kids that would be dead now. Kids and youth and parents and friends that would have been taken out in car accidents. We've got all kind of testimonies of this kind of thing. Sickness and diseases that people have been healed from. Said out loud. All things are possible. All things are possible. But to whom? Amen. To God and to those that believe. To those who won't waver and vacillate. But will declare the end from the beginning. Saying what God has done. And therefore will do